Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. I probably was pretty aware from sort of the locker rooms that um, I had quite a long foreskin, so a little bit longer than the rest of the boys. When you say that the skin was longer than other guys, how long are we talking? She basically said to me, well, as this is essentially irreversible, then we can try some steroid creams, but ultimately I think you're going to have to get circumcised. Visually, you know, the Frankenstein thing with the scar, the stitches across his head, like looking down and seeing that wasn't good. You need to get to know your new dick like first so just have some new time you know sit play about see what feels different it's almost like your wife was uh you know had a boyfriend a new boyfriend you know? <laughs> yeah. got a new toy to play with we've had to sort of adjust and relearn because not everything feels the same and, and you don't get to the same sort of feelings now and i'm not i wouldn't say it's in a bad way either it's just different i think people mix up sensitivity and pleasure and they're two different things Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. It's another great Saturday and I have a really fun guest today, you guys. This guy reached out to me and the topic is timely because as you guys know, as my loyal listeners know, I'm currently now seeing someone who is uncircumcised and he is the first man that I've been with that is not circumcised and I am just really in love with his Dick. I have no problem talking about it on this show, how much I love his dick, how I'm fascinated by it, how it's just fun for me because it's different and I'm really enjoying it. But I have someone on today, you guys, who has gone through a good chunk of his adult life without being circumcised and then he got a circumcision. So he's going to talk to us today. Welcome, Phil, to the show. Hey, Lila. Good to meet you. So nice to have you. Okay. Thank you. So many questions. All right. Let's kind of start at the beginning. I I usually like people to just kind of, you know, fill me in a little bit about your background and, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm in my late 30s, living in England in the UK. And I don't know whether your listeners will be aware of that, but most guys in the UK are uncircumcised. I think it's probably most guys in the US are circumcised. That's probably the the flip of it. And yeah, uh, grew up here, spent all of my life here. And then a couple of years ago, sort of got a, started getting pains with erections, nocturnal erections sort of thing. I went to the doctor and got referred to a specialist, et cetera, and uh, was basically informed that a, um, a circumcision was what they were going to recommend. So it was due to uh, like a yeast infection or something like that. Uh, but I think I was, I was predisposed to it anyway from what they said sort of physiologically. And so, yeah, I... Um, I started doing a bit of research on that while I was waiting to have the operation, got a bit of cold feet, got some advice and went through with it. And now I'm sort of two years the other side of, of the circumcision. Um, so, Okay, good. All right. So what, let me roll the clock back just a little bit more too. So when you're okay, growing yeah, up, sure. were you noticing anything that was different about your penis versus maybe what you were seeing in the locker rooms or, you know, were you self-conscious in any way? Was any of this driven by, I guess, was there, was there just any part of it was, that was... I don't want to say vanity, but you know, aesthetics. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, not not personally. I I probably was pretty aware from sort of the locker rooms that um, I had quite a long foreskin, so a little bit longer than the rest of the boys. But I mean, that that didn't cause me an issue. That was no, you know, they you'll know yourself. They all they all come in different shapes and sizes, right? And then you kind of you start experimenting in your teenage years, and I was you you read about it and masturbation and things like that. I I noticed it was tightish. It wasn't uncomfortable, but it was. It was tightish, but it, it never caused me an issue. And even sort of through losing my virginity and, and getting into sort of sexual activity and things like that, it, di- it didn't really cause me an issue. And, you know, maybe a girl or two would say, oh, you know, you've got a lot of skin down there or something like that. But my, my argument well, was you always... Say, can I, can I, I, you know, I don't know if you've listened to my show. I'm pretty graphic here. And I'm very, I just, I am very curious. <laughs> I'm the curious girl. When you say that the skin was longer than other guys, could you give me what? How long are we talking? 
Well, like maybe sort of um, a couple of inches beyond the end of the head sort of thing. So okay. very much sort of anteater look, I suppose you'd maybe describe it as. What kind of look? Anteater, like an aardvark. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That does give me a good visual. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so- I guess as well, you, you sort of, you do sex ed and then you read about things and the theory is that when, when you get an erection or whatever, the foreskin sort of naturally retracts itself behind the head. But mine was, mine was long enough that even when I was fully erect, the head was still covered. I'd sort of have to manually, manually retract it myself. And then growing up too, were you having normal sexual encounters when you were younger? Any problems with getting laid or, you know, or any overall negative, bad feelings or encounters with people about the long foreskin? No, 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 not really. Like I say, you you might get the odd comment from a girl or something like that when you're fooling around. But but my approach to it was always, well, you've, like I say, you've got a bit more to play with and it's it's good fun for, from a sort of foreplay perspective. And I don't think it affected anything. As I say, you know, you sort of manually retract it and you can put a condom on or whatever and, and, and happy days. That was it. You know, I just don't even really, you know, admittedly, obviously, since I don't have a penis, I don't know much about the foreskin and what it's actually supposed to do. But did you have a lot of sensitivity in it? I mean, was it was it sexually pleasing to play with or touch? Or was there any additional benefits that you got from it that you might be missing with it gone? Yeah. So we, obviously, you grow up with it. But like when you guys are very... Um sort of touchy-feely with their with their dicks anyway right because we They're have to very hold them to proud pee. of their penises yeah 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 so you you start messing around and experimenting in your your teenage years and what have you and the most logical way to masturbate is just sort of pull the, the foreskin backwards and forwards you know and so it, it provides that that stimulation and yeah you're right it's quite sensitive and there's sort of a, a part where it connects to the head just underneath there's sort of a, a, quite a stringy bit there. They call it the banjo string in, in England. That's the slang for it. <laughs> they call it a banjo string. Yeah, yeah. And uh, which is quite sensitive. Yeah. So, but it, it's just part of your dick, right? So you don't think about, oh, well, this is an extra bit I've got or whatever. It, it, that's just, it is what it is. And yeah, it, it obviously it, it provides a very easy way to masturbate. And ha- having now gone through a circumcision, I kind of understand the, the benefits that it gave. And the other aspect that I would say is that it also keeps like the head more moist for want of a better adjective underneath. So one, the sex therapist actually that I, I saw when I was going through this, the way she described it, the, the change that would happen once I was circumcised was um, your lips. So this is an easy exercise to do, but if you put your tongue on the inside of your lip and feel that, and then you put the tongue on the outside of your okay. lip and you feel wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. I'm doing it. Okay. You're right, watching. Okay. Okay, I'm putting, what am I doing? I'm putting my tongue on the inside of my lip? Inside of your bottom lip. Yeah. And you feel that skin with your tongue, yeah. And then you put your tongue out and you put it on the outside of, of your lip, right? There's a difference there, but that skin is identical. The only difference there is one is exposed to the air all the time and the other one's kind of hidden away. And, and that's that's kind of the transition that happens to the head. So when you're uncircumcised, it's it's like the inside of your mouth. And when you when you are circumcised, it gradually, like it, it took sort of oh. six months to get there, but it comes more like the outside. Okay, that makes sense. I love. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you know. It's 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 almost a shame that I don't do video. I don't post. You know, I don't post video. <laughs> <laughs> well, m- maybe you have some people at home trying that now. Though that'd be funny. I, I think they're going to be doing it. I think they're going to be doing it as we're as we're mentioning it. But that's a really good and yeah, good on your uh, therapist there. That's a really good way to explain it. So you didn't have any. There was no. I guess what I call like dick shaming or anything like that from your past or in your history of no, 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 yeah, no, it was all good. Yeah, it was okay. And so let's go back to what prompted you now as an adult to get this done. Well, well, as I say, it was not. Was was there an event? Something happened? Yeah. So I was on holiday with my partner, and I just started noticing. You know, guys get nocturnal erections all the time, right? But it was it was waking me up like something had something changed, like almost overnight. You know, it started happening. It's like I'm waking up in pain here, and it isn't good. Um, and that continued for a few nights. Like, right, well, I've got I've got to go to the doctor when I, when I get back. Something's something's happened. And I don't know what it is. Okay, so wait, let me make sure I'm understanding. You would wake up with a with just a really painful erection. Correct. Yeah. What? Why was it just? It was just really, really tight around the head. And 
as I said, it's a weird balance because obviously an erection nominal is a, a pleasurable thing and then you wake up in the pain and immediately it, it kind of causes it to go away because you're in pain. So once when it occurred, I was like, well, what's going on here? And I tried to sort of pull my foreskin back and I couldn't basically. So it's like it had tightened up around around the head. So um, got stuck. Yeah, almost. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in the UK, you have to make an appointment with your sort of your local doctor and then they can refer you to a specialist if necessary. So I made an appointment when I got back and he sort of examined it and said, well, I think you've probably got picked up a yeast infection from somewhere or other, uh, which new one on me, you know, you know, girls suffer with these things, but I didn't know <laughs> guys suffer for them. But again, guys with foreskins apparently more, more predisposed to that because there's that. And yeah, so then I got referred to a specialist and had to go off to the, the hospital there that's kind of funny story so again in the uk there's waiting lists for things because we have the national health service we'd have private health care so much as you guys do it's like oh if, if you go to the teaching hospital which is a bit further away then you'll get in a lot quicker you know within weeks instead of months or whatever so yeah, yeah tick that box but what you don't think about is that actually i'm going here with what you could construe as a pretty embarrassing medical complaint and that means there's going to be a lot of medical students present while they're poking you around <laughs> and diagnosing you and stuff like that so that was an experience but yeah having seen them they the doctor there she basically said that they diagnosed me with a thing called phimosis which is a tight foreskin basically and it's when it gets to the point where you can't pull the foreskin back over the head anymore and she sort of asked me questions about my youth and I said well it's always been fairly tight but not not to the point where I can't retract it at all and she agreed with the doctor there was no evidence of an infection anymore but maybe an infection had caused the skin to tighten or something like that which is kind of irreversible Okay, so you got the you developed phimosis, and when it happened, it it just caused the foreskin to be constantly tighter than it used to be, which would make erections painful. Yes, absolutely. That. Yeah. yeah. Was it only painful when you had an erection? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I still I couldn't retract it when I was uh, when I it was flaccid. You know, I I couldn't pull it back uh, and, oh, and get the head oh. out then. Yeah. But oh. it didn't. It didn't cause me any pain. You know, I, I still see the head. I just couldn't get it sort of all the way back. But then, obviously, the everything tightens up when you get an erection. So that's when it became painful because it's it's trying to force against the foreskin. And and she basically said to me, "Well, as this is essentially irreversible, then we can try some steroid creams. But ultimately, I think you're going to have to get circumcised." Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Celebrate your best summer with seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood. You'll love these crave-worthy meals that support your healthy lifestyle and taste great too. Bring more flavor to your table this summer. I had one of their flatbread pizzas the other night and it was so fresh and yummy. Oh my gosh, total heaven in my mouth. Fill your best with nutritional approved recipes, including meals under 700 calories, high protein meals with at least 50 grams of protein per serving, and flavorful plant-rich vegan and vegetarian meals featuring certified organic produce, good-for-you grains, and plant-based proteins. Now choose from 50-plus weekly menu and market items with the option to mix and match meals in the same box without changing your plan. Get everything you need at Grain Market, our one-stop shop for quick breakfasts, brunch kits, wholesome lunches, and more you can easily add on to your weekly order. Go to greenchef.com slash CuriousGirl60 and use code CuriousGirl60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, just go to greenchef.com slash CuriousGirl60 and use code CuriousGirl60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. What did you think when you heard that? Well, to be honest, I didn't even know it was a medical operation. Like, you know, like Jewish guys and Muslim guys, you know, it's sort of a, a ceremonial thing almost. I didn't even know there was any medical basis behind it. So I was like, oh, wow, you know. And yeah, I was like, well, that's that's pretty extreme. When someone's talking about <laughs> cutting bits off your dick, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that's like, whoa. Um, 
And so she sort of gave me a little, like a fact sheet or whatever to go off with and then said, well, you know, come back for an appointment in, in a few days, you know, go home and, and do your research. But realistically, I think you need this. And the other point she made was it can be really dangerous once you've, once you've got the phimosis. If the skin does get back behind the head and then gets trapped, that can become like a, a serious sort of emergency situation. And at that point, they'd, they'd do an emergency circumcision straight away to, to well. relieve it. So I'm like, right, well, <laughs> I probably oh. should take preemptive action here, I guess. Were you nervous? I mean, like when, okay, when they, when the doctor's saying, Hey, you know, what we think you need here is a circumcision. I mean, were you nervous to do that? What were you fearful at all? Like, Oh, I mean, I mean absolutely. I mean, yeah. It was your genitals, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Said, totally. We're going to do, we got to do an operation on your clit. I'd be like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. Exactly. Don't go, nobody get, get away from that. You know? Well, like, yeah. Do I just immediate, immediate reactions across your legs? Right? It's just. I mean, I mean, you know what? I'm. It's funny. I'm sitting here right now with my legs crossed. I'm. I'm <laughs> I do this yoga pose where I can wrap my legs or wrap, you know, my leg around over the front and then the hook my foot around the bottom of my calf muscle. And I'm, I'm sitting here like right now, like squeezing, just going, you know, inadvertently, kind of going like, oh, <laughs> at the thought, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was scary, like I say, and and because. What did your partner think? What was like? Well, so I, I, yeah, I kind of went home and talked to her, and, and this fact sheet that they gave us was very matter of fact. You know, it's like, oh, well, th this is what needs to happen. This is what we'll do. It, it's sort of a diagram saying this is the bit we'll cut off. This is what'll be left. This is what the recovery's like, and then some stats about okay, I needed it for this reason, but then there was also a list of you know potential side advantages. So just cleaner less prone to infection aesthetically arguably better looking but i mean that's you know that's on the eye of the beholder i suppose there's also a thing on there that said it had the potential to uh, reduce the risk of cancer in, in your partner as well but again i guess because it's a cleaner environment and there's less environment for sharing of the hpv is it something like that yeah but there was nothing about sort of the sexual aspect or masturbation or anything like that, it was all quite cold Clinical. and calculated. Yeah. So she's like, well, wow, you know, um, how's this going to affect us? How long are you not going to be at a sex fault, you know, afterwards? Right. <laughs> that um, would be my burning question. Like, how long <laughs> before I can start get back to business as usual? Yeah, yeah. But we hadn't been having sex anyway because I couldn't, you know, basically. Oh, right. um, so, yeah, it was ultimately that was going to be the solution. But yeah, so we were both nervous. And I'll, I'll admit, probably me more than her, I think. You know, when you kind of put your trust in medical professionals, right? If they tell you something needs to be done, then you're like, well, that, that needs to be done. But as I say, I just sort of resorted to, to Googling about things and then went back for the follow-up examination, which was pretty embarrassing all around. So, so they, because uh, obviously you can't get an erection on demand in that kind of situation. So they give you an injection to induce one, which is so such a strange <laughs> experience wait wait wait, wait 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 hold on they give you an injection like an injection to induce an orgasm or no a, not a, an a, orgasm a heart uh, uh, yeah yeah an erection, an erection. So to, to, yeah so they can sort of examine the situation as it is when i'm in pain and see Doctors, where they're gonna get in here now we're doing the erectile induction procedure <laughs> yeah, that's it that's it basically and like i say there's so there's a female urologist a yeah. nurse and then four yeah. medical students two guys two girls all younger than me and he's just like well this is just a weird situation and like, i remember coming home and, and saying to my partner and she was like god you know i think girls have got it bad when we have to go to the to the uh, gynecologist clinic Gynecology. every year or whatever to get some she's i think you've got a bit of an experience of that sort of thing yeah now. you had not you had to have an audience you know why it's because the i mean the these teaching facilities with these these interns were probably just like oh my gosh this is we we might not see this again like when they get a chance to see <laughs> something that doesn't happen very often you know i mean here you got your you've got the original diagnosis that's causing this which they probably don't see very much which was that phimosis is that what you said Yep. And then now they get to see an erection induced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, just a, a weird situation. But so we went through all that and she's like, right, so 
you want to go forward with this? And I, I sort of said to her, well, look, I'm kind of having my doubts about it. You know, it wasn't going to happen that day. They have to schedule the operation or whatever. But I'm, I'm having my doubts because I've read through all these stuff, but then I've started Googling online and I've found all these like scare stories from guys who were circumcised as a kid and what have they lost in terms of sensitivity and what have they never had. And it's like, obviously, they, they're mourning something they never had, whereas I'm like, well, I, I know sex is good i know masturbation is good at the moment i don't want to suddenly be like oh my god it's bad so then she referred me to a girl called jess who's a sex therapist who was absolutely ace so yeah i had a couple of sessions with her and she sort of got me back onto this needs to be done and it'll be it'll all be good and we'll work through it kind of her me and my partner Yes. Well, earlier, we, you know, you were kind of talking about you were doing some Googling. Well, I did some Googling, too, just because I was curious about this, you know, before we got on together. And, um, you know, I was kind of surprised to find that, that it says, so what I found was that male, male circumcision prevalence globally is approximately 38%, although the real percentage could be slightly higher or lower than this. Um, and this is from a study at Sydney University. Because I'm in the U.S., I just assumed it was higher than that because I've only come across one guy that's circumcised ever in my adult female life. It's that's crazy. uncircumcised, you mean? Sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's, yeah, that's, um, that's uncertain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I think I, I sort of knew it was common in the States. And I, I don't know if that's, if that's a large Jewish population or it's a cultural thing or, or whatever. I, I don't know. I just think it was more often than not done at, at birth, right? Yeah. So it is, it is. And I do have some more information here. Okay, so the rates vary widely. Over 90% in Israel and any Muslim-majority countries, 86% in South Korea to 80% in the United States. I mean, 80%, that's high. 58% in Australia, 45% South Africa, twenty and only 20% in the UK, and then under 1% in Japan and Honduras. Also, their rates now are declining, apparently. So this is from John Hopkins, and they say that roughly 55% of 2 million males born each year in the United States are circumcised, a decline of 79% in the 70s and 80s. And then the rates in Europe average only 10% and in, in Denmark 1.6. So you guys seem to be kind of saying the same, but there seems to be this resurgence in, or, you know, just like, leave the, don't make this choice for the kid. Like they don't need it. Like it, people are moving away from it. Yeah. I think it's a religious thing, but I also just think sometimes it's a social thing too. Yeah. If everybody's doing it or whatever. Yeah, that's just. Yeah, I think that's probably how the rates got so high, but now it's kind of, you know, swinging back. I mean, that's a big, went from what, 80% to 55%. So, and I, I can remember growing up, see, you probably remember as a kid, right? You, you, maybe you noticed in the locker rooms, it was unusual. Maybe if you saw a child Correct. that was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That so, would be a, a rarity. Yeah. So the converse of that is I remember growing up and I can remember specifically there was one kid, you know, this is in grade school, junior high, one kid that was identified as not being circumcised. And you knew. You knew. So you never, you'd never seen it, but you just knew, right? That was. You knew. (laughs) You didn't really know what that, I mean, you kind of knew you had, you know, I mean, I hadn't seen a lot of penises at that point, you know, but you're just like, okay, so what does that mean? Oh, it's got extra skin. You're like, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Would that be a good thing or a bad thing or just a strange thing? I don't know. It was just, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I didn't know what to think about it. And I I remember this this one kid and it's funny because I'm still friends with him to this day. (laughs) (laughs) You just outed him. (laughs) I didn't. No, you don't know. We don't know who he is. I'm not (laughs) saying But it was funny because and I remember thinking, oh, that's, I wonder why, you know, like, that's different. I wonder, you know, like, what, why did they do that to him? You know, <laughs> why did they not cut it off? I don't know. So anyway, just kind of interesting in that differences. Do you find, so then women in the UK, are they just more used to, I mean, this is just more normal over there, correct? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like most of, most of the dates they see are going to look like that, whereas the novelty would be for a circumcised guy, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I'm settled down now, so I'm not going to experience that <laughs> novelty. But yes, well, tell me. About, so I'm curious about the, you know, the overall the procedure and the recovery. Yeah. So as I say, we sort of worked through a few things with with the therapist, and she was sort of explaining how things would be. And and was once, it painful? It was... I mean, you know, like when you got out of surgery, like what were you like? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was not. It was did not it great. Like, so... Did it feel like what the hell did I do? Yeah, totally. I mean, the the whole like now I look back on it, it's just sort of a bit out of body you know sort of walking down there you're like right this is going to happen and 
Yeah, so it's they give you like a, a local anesthetic, so you're actually awake like while it's happening. You can't see what's happening, you know, they've got a screen, but you so they give you again more injections down there, not ideal. And then they were you they, completely numb, you didn't feel anything, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Um, and they cut it off or whatever, stitch it back up. And it's like dissolvable stitches, so they take like three weeks or something like that to actually all dissolve and stuff. And then you you leave, so you're going home the same day, and they've given you a load of painkillers, so you sort of you doped up on them a little bit. But they're basically saying you can't be on them for all the next few weeks, so you sort of wean yourself off onto over the counter painkillers and stuff like that. And yeah, so it was kind of sitting on the sofa with the ice peas for <laughs> a few days. Like they sign you off work for a week. So just kind of sitting there feeling a little bit emasculated, feeling a little bit sorry for yourself with Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that feels like a lowly, a lowly little place to be. <laughs> it's not on good. On your couch with your frozen peas trying to get your post-operative penis <laughs> back and going. And I mean, they put a bandage on, which is about, it's almost like, notional really because after sort of a day or something like that it's effectively falling off because there's a lot of movement down there you gotta, you gotta go pee and things like that but yeah like the first time again you, you sort of you have a look down and it was really swollen because obviously he's undergone surgery and stuff like what have they done to me here i've been butchered kind of thing yeah when you first saw it were you like holy shit <laughs> yeah what have we done here yeah a yeah, little what bit have we done here? Cause you must, because the swelling too must also hurt i mean like you know, just you're adding all these, the healing itself can be painful. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was not good. Like I said, just like visually, you know, the Frankenstein thing with the scar, the stitches across his head, like seeing, looking down and seeing that, it wasn't good. What is it like? Yeah, you're looking down, you're seeing stitches in your manhood there. Did you like the way it looked? I mean, not the- initially, like I say, it, it was, it was so swollen and you just sort of getting used to it. It's like, oh, well, when I look down, I, I can now see the head, you know, that was never a never visually there before uh, and the, the other thing as well because of the swelling right you you can't pee in a straight direct i mean you probably think guys can't pee in a straight direction anywhere but you certainly couldn't after uh, after you came out of the so i was sitting down peeing for a good week as well <laughs> i bet your little wife was like oh yeah that's it that's a, <laughs> put that on the plus side <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah but the worst part, again, like it's almost it mirrored what was beforehand. But the worst part was at night because, like, you when it's like that, you're never going to get an erection naturally during the day because I'm in pain here. It's not good. Like I say, I'm feeling a bit emasculated. But again, nocturnal erections, you've got no control over that, and Are it would still, happen. Still get, it, oh yeah, and then it would pull at the stitches, and that was the worst pain. Oh. You know, it would wake you up, and you could feel them like. Yeah, it makes my stomach like a bit woozy now to think about it. So like I for the bet. first week, yeah. And yeah. I, I think I read something on Google about the best way to alleviate that was kind of as you're lying on your back, sort of pull your knees to your chest and that helps get the blood away and helps your oh, erection subside. So really? There's a, there's a tip, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I will. See, all my listeners, right? All my male listeners right now that are just like squirming in their seats. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's an added little nugget right there. You, whether you can use it, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, you got a you got an inconvenient erection. Just yeah. pull your knees up to your chest. Is that? Yeah. That's the, that's the theory. <laughs> all right. Did it, does that work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. It did. It yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, how did you get back to your normal? sexual activity you know how i'm curious about how long you had to wait any sort of protocols or routines or therapies that you did use to you know yeah so i they basically said like everything's off the table for six weeks that so that's the sort of the period of time you got and like six weeks is a long time (laughs) yeah you're like uh, especially after especially since you probably were not i mean leading up to it you weren't i assume you weren't having much sex no no and after sort of maybe four weeks or something like that, the stitches have dissolved and it's looking a bit more like, right, this is this is my new dick almost. And you're still sort of waiting. So then had to go back for another operation. So that, not a operation, another appointment. So oh, they okay. can they can check up, make sure the stitches have all dissolved fine, make sure they're happy with everything's gone. And then it's kind of the okay. And then the, the sort of the, the therapist has said, right, well, first things first, you you need to get to know your new dick like first. So just have some you time, you know, sit, play about, see what feels different. 
and and sort of re- almost relearning masturbation, right? So again, this this could be a bonus after a long period of abstinence, right? I'm a teenager again. I'm just going to sit in a bedroom. And <laughs> yes, and, and jack off. That. Yeah, yeah. And it does. It is different. Like like I say, yeah, sort I of wanna, the, let's jump, we have to jump into that. I mean, like, tell me, compare. I I want to know everything. Like this is just fascinating. So. What was yeah? What's it like masturbating before and after, and what's it like so, having sex? Well, before? like I say, when when you've got foreskin, you've almost got a natural thing there to stimulate your penis. You know, if if you sort of imagine it as it being an addition, you know, it's it's something that you can roll up and down, and that that stimulates what's underneath it, and you don't have it's that anymore. Like, it's almost like a pocket pussy on yeah you yeah, know, yeah yeah sleeve, you know, a jack off sleeve, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's like you got but you had one more convenient. In. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and does okay now is, does it does it also I'm hypothesizing here. Uh does it also because you know there's pre-cum when you when you're excited does it does it kind of keep the pre-cum trapped in there and sort of yeah, like yeah, yeah. So you got natural lube. Yeah, yeah. As you're, yeah, as you're using your your own personal sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, I would say that's the like the lube side is probably the biggest difference both from sort of a masturbation point of view and and, and from a sex point of view, you know. Like lube again, not a big thing in England, but you see the American movies and stuff. I I just had this scene from American Pie that I could remember where one of them was like, oh, you've got to get lube. And the other guy was like, does that make a difference? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and that's it because you just, as I say, it's naturally sort of moist under there. So you don't even need to think about that if you're uncircumcised. Whereas when you are, then that's more of an issue. And again, the sort of the therapist had said that to us. And so then you move on to, right, well, let's let's have some fun as a couple. Or let's so. Uh, there's sort of these genital exploration exercises so it's almost like right i'll have a play and a feel around and you you know so it's not just me you know so it's like a we're approaching this as a couple and in equals or whatever so that was kind of fun and i don't know well again when you've been with someone for a while and you someone gives you something and says right here's something to practice or here's something to play around it's like well that's a novelty oh, that's cool we got we got to treat this as a i don't it's know almost like, added it's spice. Almost like it's almost like your wife was, uh, you know, had a boyfriend, a new boyfriend. You know? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you got a new toy to play with. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, it's like when a woman gets a boob job, it's like all of a sudden, okay, we can play with these. Like, here we go, you know, and, and now you have, you basically reinvented your dick. You know, you have a new dick and you guys get to play with it and rediscover it together. So, that, yeah, that would be, I think that would be fun. I think there's a couple of things like, again, when as a I don't know if it's the same with a girl when you masturbate, but you get into a habit, right? You know it feels good, and it, it right, yeah. And it is kind of different. And then it's the, the same with sex as well. If you have a partner for a while, you you know each other's bodies, and you know what feels good, and you know what works together, right? But again, it, we've had to sort of adjust and relearn because not everything feels the same, and and you don't get to the to the same sort of feelings. Now, and I'm not, I wouldn't say it's in a bad way either. It's just different, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I want to know, I mean, uh, everyone wants to know, is it better? I wouldn't say it's worse. The orgasms, when you come in and things like that, it feels much deeper in your dick. Like you can feel it building. Whereas when before it was really focused under like the head of the penis. So like where, where that, the banjo string that I was referencing earlier, I, I think it's called a frenulum is the proper term, but where that is, that's like the focus for an uncircumcised guy, or for me anyway, when I was uncircumcised. But that is still sensitive there, right? But it feels like much deeper. Yeah. When you say the focus on the frenulum when you were uncircumcised, you mean the focus was that's where the pleasure was coming from or just anything you did around that area helped increase the pleasure? Like that's where you were mostly getting... That's where it yeah, I mean, I mean, both things. Like, if you wanted to get me off super quick, then that definitely that's the area you're going to focus on, right? But equally, when I know, even if you're just having sex, so it's focused on the whole dick, like that was where I could feel right. I'm gonna, you know, I'm coming now, or I'm I'm getting more excited. Was it, it, it isn't so focused there anymore? Like I say, it's sort of deeper within, and I'd argue. I could probably control it a little bit better now. Like I can feel earlier when I'm getting to that stage and it's like, all right, let's just ease off a little bit, which it was harder before. So I, I that's think interesting. that's, yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that's again to do with, well, I'm still learning. Cause I had what nearly what 15 years teaching myself how to get to an orgasm before. And now I'm still only at what two years. So may, maybe it's that, but I, yeah, it, I last longer. Okay. This is interesting because 
again, I've only been with one guy that's not circumcised and he's so sensitive. And especially if I move the foreskin back, like if I really want to torture and tease him, you know, I move that back. So, and, and I'll just like get right on, like you said, the frenula, just focus on the head right there because it's like so sensitive. And I, it, I think it's because, you know, it's always covered with skin. And then- yeah, I always come, come back to the thing we were doing with our lips, right? You know, the inside is really sensitive because it's always covered. And I, I think the other thing you've got as well, so you, you're pulling his foreskin back when that, that string, that frenulum pulls tight as well. That's like kind of, you're kind of in that pleasure pain, like, but yeah, that's sensitive. Uh-huh. Really sensitive. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I really feel like I've got this new toy. You know, yeah. like it, it's because I've never, like I said, I've never dated anyone that wasn't circumcised, and so you know, it's just like, oh, it's fascinating. You know, and I love learning about it and finding out about it and just seeing he is extremely sensitive and. I'm not used to that. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm used to guys that they're just, obviously they're excitable and all that, but they, they don't, they're not, it's not like this huge reaction when I, right. When I get on, you know, the tip of their penis or start playing with that or focusing on that. And I mean, it's sensitive for them, but it's not like, it's not the same reaction as, as this yeah. guy. And I, I think that's maybe that's the stuff that scared me when I go online because there's obviously there's a lot of people speculating about right sensitivity and uh, nerve endings and stuff that they never had because they were circumcised as a child or whatever. And that is obviously what makes that difference that you're talking about there. But it's it's not that orgasms feel different or anything like that. You know, it's still like bang. You know, as it always was. It's just sort of getting to that stage and the build up to it is different. And that's not to say it's bad, different, or good. It's just different. Just different. Yeah. No, I totally, that makes sense. I totally get that. I, I, I mean, I love that you put it that way. And how does your, what is your, does your wife have a preference? Like, does she say? I think she prefers how it looks now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think she thinks it looks neater. Aesthetically. And do you, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I'd probably agree that it kind of looks smart I, I mean i'm not i wouldn't advocate anyone goes out and gets it done just because it looks nicer right i mean you'd, you'd have to sort of have a bit of dysmorphia maybe to be thinking that way but uh, yeah I, I i can't disagree it's sort of tidier and like i say because i had that sort of overhang the, the anteater thing going on then yeah definitely definitely smarter now and i know like one of her friends knew and said something like in jest to her husband or something like oh you see he's having it done it looks much neater <laughs> but I, I think maybe like so okay, we were saying like it's it's the norm for for guys in the UK not to be circumcised, but like there's so much porn and and stuff like that out there, right? And that's all American, and all those guys are going to be circumcised anyway. So maybe like girls are more aware of what a circumcised dick could look like anyway now. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I legitimately, I'm embarrassed to say, you know, I mean, I, or maybe I not shouldn't be embarrassed, but like when I when you reached out and wanted to come on, I was just like. Most guys are circumcised. I mean, I really wanted you to come on because, of course, it's such a great subject, right? Because guys over here aren't, un- most of them aren't uncircumcised. I mean, obviously, we see that that's changing now. But I just, I had no idea that it was like 10%, you know, in roughly in the in the UK. It was like, I just thought, I just assumed because I'm watching porn, yeah. you know? I, and that's a, it's kind of an important point. I mean, there's so many different things. That I, you know, I'm not trying to say porn's bad or anything like that. I, I watch it, but I feel like we need to have a healthy amount of awareness about what it is we're looking at and, you know, that it's a production and also that it may, you know, that it's not always representative of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's totally, you could, you could apply that across the spectrum. That's not just what people look like, right? That's what people are doing and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's not, it's not real life. It's, it's a performance. A yeah. yeah, it's a performance, you know, like. But that, I mean, there's probably like, I guess porn's probably responsible for the fact that all girls like shave or wax a lot more now as well, just because it's out there and that's the trend in porn. Therefore, that's the trend in wider society. Yeah. Well, now there we go. Now you're going to send me on like a, a hunt for women that don't, you know, that have big bushes <laughs> and that what percentage of women have, are rocking the bush. Yeah, but <laughs> that'll come back around, that- right? Is that more in the UK? Is that, I wonder if like now you got me thinking like are there more women with full bushes in the UK? <laughs> oh maybe you have to do an online poll. <laughs> I don't know. I mean I know everybody's got their little preference about how they how they do, but 
then there's some of us like me that, that decided to get lasered. So it's like, I cannot ever rock a full bush. And you know, what's funny is there's a small little part of me that'd be like, when I, if, when I do see it every once in a while in porn, I'm like, yeah, I can't ever do that. I mean, I didn't think about that. It's not like, it's not a big thing, but still I kind of go, you know, I mean, it would have been kind of fun to, you know, like grow it out what yeah. it was all about. I mean, I, I don't think I, you know, since I did that when I lasered it off when I was so earlier years, like I never got to where it was like, I never rocked a full bush. <laughs> feel a little sad about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both um, lost something permanently then. <laughs> oh, I know we did. We did. Um, so, okay. And you said, you also did say that it's fair to say that both you and your wife like the look of your dick now. It's definitely much smarter. I love how you put that smarter in appearance. And there's no <laughs> hiding the fact that masturbation, sex, and orgasms are all different than they were before. Again, you just don't have, because my burning question is, you know, I, is there a decisive, can he say definitively one is better than the other? And it sounds like you're saying it's not, it's just different. Yeah, I don't, I, I think. Uh, it's I'm one of them. If, if you have know now, Phil, come on. I want to <laughs> it's one of them. Like if you've said, well, right, could I go back and have a day with my dick as it was, or as and when I wanted to, then you would, of course you would because formative years and, and all that. But I don't feel like I'm missing anything at the moment and I'm still, still enjoying life. So yeah. And, and lo- it looking smarter and potentially lasting longer is no bad thing, but yeah, maybe the convenience of, when you want to jack off or whatever, having a foreskin is, is quite convenient. <laughs> yes. Do you now? So do you find that because you remove the foreskin is the tip or, you know, the tip of your penis in the areas that used to be super sensitive with the foreskin, are they a little less sensitive? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely less sensitive. Okay. So you, okay. So you do agree that there, you have lost some sensitivity. Uh, yeah, I would agree in that. But I, Again, it's a. I think people mix up sensitivity and pleasure, and they're two different things. You know, you think about like for guys and girls, right? You just come or whatever. Then, right, your your genitals get super sensitive, right? And you don't want anyone touching them, right? Yeah. But, and, no, and so, yeah. In, in that instance, sensitivity is a bad thing, right? So, it's less sensitive. It's not less pleasurable in the moment of orgasm and in the lead up to it. I would say. Okay. And what did it feel like the first time, like, what was that moment, like the first time you had sex with your wife and uncircumcised? Did it feel different for you? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, t- it took a long time. It was not a, it was not a, let's just have sex. It was sort of an experiment in and right, let's get to this because I will actually, what we used to fall into in terms of habits and positions and things like that isn't necessarily getting me to where I want to get to, or we'll adjust uh-huh. this, or we'll let's stop. And... Like what? <laughs> well, I, I don't know, maybe sort of the uh, angle um, that you're thrusting at and the like kind of the rhythm and stuff like that and how it was feeling. Um, yeah, it, it just, it, it felt a bit different. So like the first time I orgasmed, then it was like, all oh, right, great. We, it, everything works, right? <laughs> we, know, we know we can get here now. It's not an impossible thing. And again, that's what the therapists are told is, you know, don't just expect to, to come out of it and just be able to have sex like you used to have sex before because stuff's changed. You're, sort, you're almost relearning. But as I said, that, that's fun. And that means you, you experiment a bit more because you do fall into habits. And so that, that forced us to experiment a bit more. Yeah. So what, is there a specific position that before felt really good that is now, you know, you've sort of changed out I don't know, doggy for missionary or, you know. Uh, I, I would say yeah. the kind of the, the deeper ones feel better now. So maybe like missionary with like legs up or something like that feels a little bit better. And I don't know whether that's because like the head of my dick, it almost like your foreskin's an additional, it, it's involved in sex, whether you want it to be or not, right? So and whereas now the, sort of the head of your dick is directly rubbing against when I'm inside my partner. So maybe it's just how a pussy is or whatever that that the angle that it gets at and i i think slowly but surely we we still go through positions that we knew but um yeah maybe they're just not at at the moment of climax they're not what you need they're just fun (laughs) yes got it okay well i you know thank you so much and i'm just you know i you know i hope we can I guess, put the word out there <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and thank you so much for, for um, coming on. Is there anything, you know, is there anything else you want people to know? I, 
I mean, we're, I know we're having a, you know, this is a lighthearted discussion and, but you know, you don't want, I know we don't want any, um, you're not advocating for certain things and you don't want, you don't need me like hate mail or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. absolutely not. I mean, that, that's what I would say about it, right? Like there's a whole argument going on there about infant circumcision and that that's nothing to do with me, right? I'm not saying this is right, this is wrong, but what I'm, what I'd like to say is to maybe some of those guys that are thinking maybe they've lost something that it's not as bad as they think as what they've lost you know and so maybe if they can kind of make peace with that and accept it then they'll have a lot more fun i guess but there's like i said there's a whole argument that seems to go on online about that and and it's almost got to the point where it's so extreme it's like well you can't even talk about sort of adult circumcision well it was kind of medically necessary i had to go through with it and because all that argument was going on then i encountered all that stuff when i was researching for myself and it scared me a little bit and it would have been a bad thing if we put me off me me getting this done yeah because you've had a successful i mean you would say that this procedure was successful for you and you're back back enjoying a great sex sex life and but you have that i love it now i mean you not i wonder what percentage of adult males can you know give have experienced this both <laughs> yeah not you know, many, I don't think. I didn't Google that. Like, I should have. <laughs> it was probably a very, very small line in a pie chart somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I can't imagine it's that that much. So, a question for you would be: You've been with circumcised guys before, and now you're with an uncircumcised guy. So, how do you feel? Do you have a preference, and do you like the difference? Do you like the variety, or or what? That's a great question. I'm equal opportunity. You know, I'm not, you know, pro one or the other, but I will say I love, you know, this guy, his name's in my listeners know his name's Nico. He's, I just think he's sexy as fuck. And he, I love, we were in this uh, dominant submissive dynamic. So he, I, it's, it's my dick. <laughs> it's not his. <laughs> okay. Right. Dick. And I think that I have a damn sexy uncircumcised cock. I fucking love it. I love yeah. playing with it. It's I'm fascinated by it. And I have always enjoyed giving my partner's pleasure. And so with him, it's just there's new it's I feel like there's just new ways to discover and appreciate a good cock. And I love, you know, figuring out what is stimulating to him and also just observing, you know, the things I was saying where it's like, okay, when you pull it back, I mean, it's always like super sensitive and I love how I can drive him crazy with that. And it's just an extra thing that I can use to, um, you know, to make him feel good and also sort of to tease the hell out of him and get him right to the edge and drive him crazy. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, I feel like a kid in a candy shop, you know, like I have, I, like I have this new toy. It's just interesting. It's just, and it's just because it's, you know, it's novel and I'm not, that does make it, that does make it exciting. And I just think I like, personally, I just think I like dicks. <laughs> I think, I mean, they turn me on. I think they're real. you know, when I, I just love that part of my partner and I'm always turned on by men and you know their sexuality and what makes them attractive and, and definitely a nice looking dick is is right up there and so i i, I really love i really love his yeah it's fun yeah. or mine i should say i, I got <laughs> yours yeah yeah i really love my dick <laughs> <laughs> someone's gonna now someone's gonna clip that sound bite and be like She's a trans, <laughs> trans woman. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, no, it's just, I mean, it's just fun. I mean, we're, you know, I think with our sexuality and as adults, if, you know, if it feels good and there's consent between two people, you know, you should just go crazy and try different things and yeah, experiment agree. and just, you know, kind of be open in general. And it's interesting because, you know, Nico did tell me that, I think at one point he's run across a few women from time to time, you know, that where they won't, they won't because he's uncircumcised. It's just a flat out. No. Oh, really? Wow. And I'm like, that is crazy. But he's European. I mean, you know, he's not, he's not from the States, you know? So he's it's, it's like, that is bizarre. I mean, I don't know. I think as long as it's works and it makes you feel good, why not? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Women, how do you think overall? What, what's your opinion or vibe on what? how you think women view circumcised versus uncircumcised? Yeah, well, I, I think 
in the UK, I don't think anyone would turn down a guy for being circumcised. I don't like why. Why would why would that be in the states? Is it like because they think it's icky or what? I don't I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, maybe they have preconceived ideas that yeah, maybe they think it's that it's not maybe clean. I don't. I really. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I tr- you know you could it's really the same argument for women. I mean, we, ha- our vaginas have folds and that you got to get in there and clean. And, you know, it's like common sense. Do we all take a shower and, you know, or baths and wash ourselves? I mean, why is this an issue? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't think women in the UK would have a, a strong opinion either way, but like I said, they'd just be used to guys with a foreskin, right? Cause that's mostly what they'll come across. Yeah. And that's so interesting. I didn't know that. Just, <laughs> so maybe like, you've got a lot of exchange students from America in the UK and vice versa think, having a whale of a time. I don't know. I know. I, I'm like, maybe I just need to cruise around, you know, the UK a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trolling for uncircumcised dicks. <laughs> yes. Uh, as long as you're uncircumcised, it's a go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation. And, you know, I hope that everything keeps going swimmingly with your new penis. And everybody, thank you so much for spending part of your Saturday with us. I love, love, love that you tune in and listen. And you know what my favorite thing for you guys to do is? It is. Go to my website, thecuriousworlddiaries.com. And why don't you leave me some questions or comments about this episode? And if you have anything specific for Phil, I will forward your voicemails to him if you have anything you want to know about specifically. But as usual, I love your comments and questions. I answer each one of you personally. And it's a nice way that we can get to know each other. All right, everyone. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.